someone's dropped out, there's a place to go on a fam trip, an education to California. Would you like to go? Mm. I mean, you've got no idea. I'd never, I mean, I'd, I'd travelled. We were very lucky. My dad and mum, we travelled all over Europe in, in, for our holidays every year. But I'd never been on an aeroplane to go long haul. Um, even aeroplanes were glamorous for me. Yeah. And, I, and I didn't even have a full passport, Steve. It's unbelievable. Do you remember those passports that, that you used to have a different passport for going into Europe? It's called a provisional or something. Anyway, so I had to get a passport. So they sent me to LA. For so I got to the airport. That I was in. I was in. I was on British Airways. So I was in Club World. I just couldn't believe it. I got to LA. I was picked up by a chauffeur. I was taken to a hotel, which is the higher on. I can tell you. I won't. I could tell you every day, hour by hour, every bit of that itinerary. Even now, thirty yeah. years later, even what I ate every day, it was beyond glamorous. I was in Bel Air. I was in Beverly Hills. Went to Santa Barbara. We ended up in Las Vegas. And so that was the life-defining moment for me in travel. Hi, I'm Paul Cleary from Carob Tours, and you're listening to the Travelling Optimist podcast with Steve Odie. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Travelling Optimist podcast with me, Steve Odie. I want to start by thanking everyone for listening to the show. I couldn't do it without you. So a heartfelt thank you to you all. And don't forget to recommend the show and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Amazon and Google or the player of your choice, of course. So who is Paul Cleary? Paul is the managing director and owner of the UK's leading independent luxury holiday company, Carib Tours. Now, with a name like Carib Tours, it has a history that's intrinsically linked to the beautiful islands of the Caribbean and more lastly with other luxury destinations in the Indian Ocean, Arabia and Africa. Now, words to describe Paul are energy, vision, infectious enthusiasm, uh, an obsession for the personal touch. And Paul has led the company to countless awards over the years and an enviable reputation in the industry that most companies aspire to. So let's dive right in and find out what makes Paul tick and welcome him into the fold of the Optimism Tribe. So welcome, Paul. Hi, Steve. Thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Ah, so am I. It's fantastic. So I didn't know whether you knew this, but we we started in travel in the same year, in 1987. You went to Pound Stretcher, I went to Jet Save. The sort of pioneering days of the 80s, really, weren't they? With Richard Branson, Freddie Laker, Harry Goodman, all of those. Yeah, no, really, really exciting times. And in fact, I joined Pound Stretcher, which I believe was formed from people who'd come from Jet Save originally. So yeah, incredibly, incredibly exciting times, which maybe pictures us to be about the same age, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we won't say on air on that one. Um, no, uh, it was. And in fact, actually, there's quite a lot of people in the travel industry that have sort of forged their early parts of their career sort of with companies like that in the 80s who are now, you know, doing reasonably well, obviously a lot better than I am. But uh, no, I say that jokingly, obviously. A lot, of the, it's a, a lot of those crazy days, if you like, have then forged other companies to be formed, haven't they? Yeah, no, I, I, they, they absolutely have. And, you know, I don't want to sound like an old man looking back to the good old days, but when you look back on how exciting travel was as and how glamorous it was as an industry, I think, well, that's exactly what drew me into it. It was very <laughs> exciting. It was very, the, the people that were around them were very buccaneering and exciting, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Glamorous. That's a great word for it, actually, yeah. Reading through your bio, which was, you know, incredible, really, the, it led me to kind of think about a couple of things, really, and with the sort of those 
serendipitous moments, those sort of thin threads of our tapestry of, the, of our lives that shape our future. And, and um, what I thought would be quite good is to sort of tell the listeners a little bit about that, those, that serendipitous moment in 1999 in a hotel in London. Yeah, what, when, when I met Norman Brunskill. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was amazing. Well, that's exactly right. I was, I was in London. I, I'd been at British Airways Holidays or Pound Stretcher, which became British Airways Holidays for 11 years. And I was, I was incredibly happy there. I, they taught me everything I'd known and they trained me up and they'd, they'd given me so much knowledge and experience and fun. Um, but I was in London and I, uh, I was with some other friends at the travel, some travel friends who were there at the time. And Norman Brunskill was in there and, he, we, we got talking, and serendipitous is the word. They were just going through some changes of their own, mm. and he he was looking for a new general manager at the time, and we got on terribly well. He knew a little bit about me. Well, I, I assume he knew a little bit about me. I knew a lot about Carab Tours, and, and it was a complete – it was just one of those things. I was working for a big, blue-chip, multinational company owned by an airline with probably a very guaranteed – career path and pension if I wanted to stick at doing that and nothing else for the next 30 years yeah. through through that meeting and and, and 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 meeting someone who I liked a great deal from from the get-go um, the opportunity to join Carab Tour six months later came about and yeah. and that's and that's right and looking back that was maybe a leap of faith by me but it didn't feel like a leap of faith at all because I suppose I had very little to lose I just love that actually that that um, that part of the story and you've never looked back really no, I, I haven't, and and I, I think I think your life is full of those. Everyone's life is full of these moments, and it's just whether you, you don't recognise them at the time, but looking back, you think, oh, and it's a cliche. People talk about sliding doors moments, but there are so many of these sliding doors moments, and and uh, there are and there are so many opportunities you didn't take as well. But you, yeah, you, you, don't, you, you don't know about those. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I joined when I joined Pound Stretcher from the school, that was another really good example. I left school, did my A levels didn't know what I wanted to do. I wasn't, I wasn't committed or clever enough to go to university. So I, I knew that I needed to work, but it was the late 80s, it was 1987. And, and a really good friend of mine, um, her brother worked for this company and they were looking for account staff. So I think that was my biggest sliding doors moment. I just went along for an interview to do something that I didn't know anything about for a travel company. Yeah, I, I, think, I yeah. fell into travel just like that as well. So um, I think Did you I, really? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, I, I don't know why. I think, I think looking back, I think people like, uh, this is going to sound a bit weird, but people like us sort of optimistic, happy, you know, um, infectious energy, laughter, that kind of thing, are, are drawn to, to industries like travel because it's just, it just is that, isn't it? No, it absolutely isn't. And, and I just couldn't believe it because, you know, I had a very ordinary, very happy upbringing. I went to a comprehensive school, finished my A-levels, didn't know what I wanted to do. Everybody I knew went to work in banks because banks and insurance companies were, were kind of what you did if you kind of grew up in the Crawley area in the late 80s. And I went to work for this travel firm. And I, I don't, I was just chasing travel agents for balance payments on bookings. I was paying car hire bills in Orlando. <laughs> and I just looked around me and everyone was well dressed. Everyone, it was, as I say, the late 80s. It was the time of Gordon Gecko and, uh, and, and, and Wall Street. Everyone was well dressed. Everyone had suntans. Everyone was jetting in and off aeroplanes coming in from Orlando. And I just found it 
such an exciting vibe. You've got no idea. I was 19 years old or whatever I was, uh, and I just knew that I wanted to be part of this in some way. I, yeah. I, I had no idea what – I didn't know if I had anything to offer them, of course, but um, I knew I wanted to be part of it. Yeah, and 20 years later, you, you end up owning the business. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 this is it. So, so, so that was Pound Stretch. I, 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 in, in 20 years, oh, 1999, 11 years later, I went, I went to Pound Stretch um, to, to Carob Tours. And I worked my way through then, a much smaller company, but a lovely company. And listen, Capitals was doing very well before I got there as well. I, I, I always make sure people know that. Um, it was a very small niche boutique operator, and they were looking for presumably someone with my skills. And, and I was given share options. And um, everyone everyone's promised share options at interviews. Um, and I, 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 believe me, I, 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 I think the world is, the, the path is littered with people who've been promised share options and nothing ever materialised. And I, when I was offered my share options, I knew I was going to save up the money and buy them. I, mm. I, I wasn't going to, because I, I thought that that would possibly make me part of the furniture. So when the opportunity came, I bought my share options um, and, 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 and I took up my share options and I bought 10% of the company. Um, yeah. I'm, very, I'm very glad I did. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Again, it's one of those don't look back moments, really. Do you think you've always had that kind of entrepreneurial spirit in you? No. Do you know, Steve, honestly, 100% no, I, I, I don't. And, and, and even now, I wouldn't even necessarily kind of categorize myself as that. I've got a lot of confidence in my own abilities and I've got a lot of, I, I do back myself. Yeah. But um, I, 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 I don't know if I'm a big risk taker. I mean, we'll talk about me buying out the rest of the company in a minute, I'm sure. But I, I just backed myself. I knew how great the company was. I knew how amazing our team were. Mm. I've, I've got share options on the table. And I thought, well, I know. If nothing else, it will make me unsackable. So I, I'll, I'll buy ten percent of the company, and then they, no one will be no one will be able to do anything with me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I honestly, no false modesty, don't view myself as some sort of brave entrepreneur. I, I just back myself. I've got a lot of, I, I had a lot of confidence in in what we were doing, and I believed in it. And, yeah. And I believed in it. I believed in everyone around me as well. If I'm being honest, I think you are being modest, but I also think that. Um, most owners of travel businesses, particularly in 2020, have had to be quite brave. And, um, you know, and they've obviously made a a lot of very hard decisions. But so let's have a recap of the last few months business-wise for you and your family and and what you've been up to. Okay, well, we're we're having this conversation. I don't want to date it for you, but we're having this conversation in December 2020 after, after, (laughs) well, still in the grips of a pandemic, but maybe maybe edging towards the end of the tunnel. Um, this, this last year has been incredible. So exactly this time last year, I completed the, the uh, management buyout. So me and my, my family bought out the entire share capital of, of, of the company, giving us 100% control mm-hmm. of, the, of the business. Um, doing such a thing, um, not knowing what was around the corner, uh, not knowing was around the corner. So prior, prior, prior to the pandemic business was in great shape we had a brilliant january which many of your listeners might be aware is a very critical time for travel businesses we get most of our new business not most of it but a large proportion of it comes in january we had a great january we had a great february and then of course the pandemic hit and and that was and continues to be 
a complete game changer. It, it made it, it was a great leveler for a start. All of us, however clever we thought we were, or how however much our forward business was looking, however good it was looking. Yeah, we 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 had some very very challenging. Well, March, April, May, June were incredible. Listen, they're incredibly challenging for everyone. I try not to. As a travel person, I don't like to go on too much about how bad it's been because it, it clearly has been dreadful, but we're not frontline workers either. Uh, and there's an awful lot of people have had horrific years. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, we, 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 we've, we've had a tough time. We've had a tough time, but we've weathered the storm. Um, right. we, we've weathered the storm because, because, Steve, we were in a position to weather the storm, thank God. Mm. As a as a owner of a business, what have you done to sort of make your mindset right so that you can then look forward to take the business into 2021 well you know i think mindset is everything because we we've been challenged um we i we've been challenged this year in a way that i've never been challenged before i i i you know and I, a lot of people would, would say the same thing. And I think mindset is everything. And in the early days of this, let's say the last two weeks of March, I, for the first time in my life, I reckon for about 10 days, didn't quite know what to do. I, I, I'll be very honest with you, Steve. I don't think I was thinking, I couldn't see the wood for the trees. The, 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 the sheer volume of worry that was coming down towards us, all of us, um, Business just stopped. I, I don't know where you live. You, you, you live probably in the vicinity of Gatwick Airport. Uh, I, I, I live in West Sussex. Yeah, no, I live near you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, there's no planes in the sky. And, you know, people talk about that, but that is such a tangible thing. There's no planes in the sky. Day in, yeah. day out, week in, week, week out. We had £7 million worth of summer business, which we you know, people weren't able to go on their holidays. And, no. you know, and that's £7 million worth of difficult conversations with customers and travel agents who say, um, who, who, who are worried about their own situations, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. This isn't a character. They've got their own families to think of, got their own businesses to think of. I mean, we, we sell luxury holidays at the high end of the market. So our, our holidays are quite expensive. So, so after about 10 days of thinking, what are we going to do? You just come out fighting, Steve. You just come out fighting because the alternative is unthinkable. The alternative for me was unthinkable, which is what? Give up? You know, we had... It's not an reserves. option. No, and it's not an option. And it's a cliche to say giving up's not an option. But it, when your back is a... You're in a corner, your back is against the wall. It's fight or flight. And we were just going to go for it. Mm. And genuinely very lucky with the people who work with me. Um, we're a relatively small team at the time of the pandemic. Mm. kicking in we had about 38 40 staff working at carab tours we're a really tight team I, I i genuinely am surrounded by some really bright energetic enthusiastic committed people many of them have been at the business as long as i have or mm. maybe some a bit longer but easily 10 years plus so mm. we're a real entrenched established team and we all just we all got together and we and we and we and we just decided to fight toe to toe on every booking and we were determined to keep as many bookings as we could yeah um when people wanted to cancel we'd let them cancel but ideally we'd ask them to rebook to later later in the year or to next year and through that we have done well they have done an incredible job i think we retained about 70 percent of those bookings that's seven million pounds we retained about 70 percent of it so that's people saying okay we can't travel now we want to travel 
we will travel. We trust you with our money. We'll travel next year. So, yes. yeah, we had, we attacked it, Steve, uh, um, and because the, there was there's there was an awful lot, and I witnessed this everywhere I looked, but especially in travel, there was an awful lot of feeling sorry, p- people feeling sorry for themselves for really sound reasons. I completely get it, mm. but that just doesn't get anything done. No, uh, and uh, and our job is to sell dream holidays to people who want to go to the Caribbean or to Mauritius or to the Maldives or to or to Greece, and we needed just to concentrate on that. Yeah, uh, and so yeah. yeah, so yeah, so I think kind of sheer bloody mindedness is what was carried is what has <laughs> carried, carried us through so far. I love that sheer bloody mindedness. No, I, I think also you know I'm not trying to minimise the effects of what's happened over the last few months. You know, people have lost met family members and yeah. you know friends and colleagues and everything, and um, which is awful. But on the flip side of that, something like this actually does present opportunities as well. And, 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 and that's kind of where I'm kind of leaning towards in terms of opportunities. Without the coronavirus, I wouldn't have started a podcast. I wouldn't be on this, you know, I wouldn't be speaking yeah. to you now. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, yeah. finding out some fantastic insight into, uh, into you and your business and, and everything. And, and I've met some incredible people over the last few months. It's been fantastic. It's been a lifesaver, really, because uh, yeah. like you, there was a time when I, I thought, oh, crikey, I don't really know what's going to happen. And actually, you're right. Mindset is everything. And it's, um, it's, it's, a- it, 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 it is everything, Steve. And, you know, I don't know, you know, I've, I've never read a management book. or I've never been to motivational talk. I've, I've, I honestly have never just consumed all the things I'm about to say, but you are just, it's only me looking after me. It's, it, 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 it's, you know, it's only me, it's me and my wife. It's looking after our family. No one else is looking out for you. Not really. I, I believe this in life. I think my kids have got me to look out for them as well, but, as a grown-up in the bad world, you're looking out for yourself and somehow you have to muster the, I don't know, the strength or, 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 the, or the reserves of whatever it is you've got. And, and it has been really, really difficult. And, but there will be opportunities, Steve. I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, we're already doing things, just as a business, quite differently. And I won't go into them because a lot of them are kind of boring and financial and budgetary, but we've re-engineered our entire business Mm. just through this crisis. Now, maybe I could have been doing that before. I don't know, but I wasn't. But the crisis and all of the the sheer terror that it has presented us with has made us just attack things and accelerate things Mm. in in, in a way. And... um, and yeah, and I'm not used to it. I've never done a podcast, so maybe I would, I would never would have done a podcast <laughs> if, it, if it hadn't been for the, the crisis. Well, I think you, you said it earlier in our conversation about backs to the wall. And, and the thing is, when you've, when you've got no other route yeah. but to go forward or up, it, suddenly things appear that, weren't, that you didn't necessarily see before and things become slightly easier or, um, you know, there's op- opportunities come to sort of tweak things and you can suddenly see some light at the end of the tunnel. And I think that's, when you get to that stage, it's quite an enlightening moment, actually. And I wondered whether you you had that feeling. Yeah, no, no, I, 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 I did have that feeling and it's along those lines. I mean, things that I hadn't ever considered, um, I, I'm by, I, I, I am probably for the purpose of being on this podcast an optimist i am i'm a i'm a out outwardly cheerful optimistic bright bright looking sort of person but i'm also a warrior i'm a warrior and i've always been a warrior and i've always been a warrior and so when this happened 
and you really are thinking, bloody hell, what, what's, what's going to happen here? This is an unknown. This mm. is, I don't know. I don't know if I'm equipped to deal with this. Because if you're honest with yourself, you should be, I think everyone should be self-aware. You know, I, I'm, I, I do ask myself, do I know how to handle this? I just bought the business. I've got a young family. I bought the business outright the 23rd of December, 2019, I had debt. I, I had lenders. I had investors. I was thinking, how does this play out? How does, <laughs> how, honestly, Steve, how, how's this going to go? And I yeah. was driving along, I was driving along the A3. And I'll answer your question in a minute. But, you know, nothing felt hopeless. But I was, I was gravely worried. I was driving the A3 into Fulham. Our offices are in Fulham. And I was sitting in traffic. And anyone who drives on the A3 will know about that traffic. And I was just thinking, Christ, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And then my, and my phone rang. And it was, I didn't tell you the bank, but it was, it was one of my lenders, one of my major lenders. And I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> here, yeah. here we go. Three, three weeks into the crisis. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I wonder what they've got to say. And Steve, you've got no idea. They said, look, just to let you know, well, I'm aware that you're going to be really worried about your situation because you know, you've just bought the business and he said, we're here for you. The only reason for this phone call, he said, we're here for you. This isn't your problem. It's our problem. It's the world's problem. We're, you're going to get no pressure from us. And you just tell me what you need from us and we'll work with you. Wow. Steve, I had, I had to, I had to, after the call, I had to pull over. I had to pull over. I was so choked up. I, it was like, it was an unthinkable situation for the bank yeah. to, well, maybe it wasn't unthinkable, but I, 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 I had no idea that they would do it like that. And, I didn't have to ask them. I didn't have to grovel. They just said, look, these, these are difficult times for all of us. What, you tell us what you need from us. And that changed my mindset. Back to your question. Anything was possible. If a big, ugly, nasty, canary wolf bank can show that much humanity and kindness yeah. in, 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 a, in a moment of what was becoming a, you know, a very worrying time for me. Yes. If, they, if they could show that sort of humanity and kindness, we'll get through this. Anything's possible because they were my biggest worry. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet. So, What's 2021 20, got in store for you then? It's, it's, we think we, so far, it's looking quite good. So mm. our business is, um, like any travel business, the market will be um, significantly smaller next year for, you know, for reasons we all understand. Um, a a lot of the people who deferred their holiday from last year to next year, that's one holiday spread over two years. So, 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 so the, the numbers mean that there'll be less people traveling. The, the vaccination program being completed by spring is great news, but there, that means there will be a proportion of the country who are nervous about traveling. Um, but all being said, I mean, at the moment, we are looking very strong for 2021. The last five weeks have been exceptional. And that isn't, that isn't BS. It really has been exceptional. The good news after good news after good news of the vaccination has been really promising. So there is a huge swathe of the country who are desperate to take a holiday. Yeah. So yeah. We're, looking, we're looking all right. We're looking quietly optimistic. But I think after the year we've all just had, I don't think anybody will allow themselves to relax for a minute. Uh, and I'm speaking, <laughs> I, I was speaking to one of my guys earlier on our departures over the next three weeks we've, we've got well we've got close to three quarters of a million pounds worth of business traveling in the next couple of weeks um well next two to three weeks for christmas and new year and that's an amazing number but we need all those people to 
to travel. We, yes. You know, we, we've spent a lot of time rearranging people's holidays for reasons that we understand. So, yeah, we're, 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 we, we feel good. We feel as good as we possibly can. I think we've given ourselves the very, very best chance of having a good 2021. It won't be a record breaker, but it'll be, it'll be satisfactory after this year. Yeah, brilliant. That's brilliant. So has Debbie and, and, your, and your three young children had some quality dad time over the last few months? Well, they've spent, they've spent an awful lot of time with me. I don't know whether any of them would call it quality, Stephen. <laughs> but um, yeah, but you know, that's, um, they have. And so I, I, I live in, in West Sussex and I, a typical day for me pre-COVID, and this will be repeated around the country with people in exactly the same situation. I'd get up about half past five. I drive to London, an hour and a half, get to London, go for a run, get to my desk, work all day, leave the office about half past six, get home here at about half past, no, not half past eight, about eight o'clock, see the kids briefly, and then, I don't know, my wife would do most of the, well, everything in terms of homework, feeding them, yeah. educating them, taking them to their clubs, and running her own business. So, yeah, working from home has been a revelation to me. If it hadn't been for the, for the worry of what's happening out there, I've enjoyed it. I've seen an awful lot of time with the kids. I'd calculated that by, I think, by the end of April, I'd sat down at my family dinner time with the entire family. More times by the end of April than I had done in their entire lives before that. It, okay. it, it, so, so, yeah. and, that was, and it was nice and just being, yeah. not being a bit more involved. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think I'm very involved, but <laughs> ju- just... Be, yeah, I occasionally get to drop them at school and pick them up from school and, and yeah. be here. Yeah. Uh, and, and I have loved that. And, and the idea of commuting six hours, uh, um, I'm sorry, three hours a day or four hours a day, which is what I've been doing for the last 20 years, does seem a bit of an alien concept to me at the moment. But uh, Is it something you're going to try and extend after the virus has sort of gone away or we've we've managed it better or whatever is it something that perhaps you might think well maybe one day a week i might just stay at home work from home and, and be at home yeah yeah absolutely so so the interesting thing is i mean i have a lot of luck i think so prior to the virus and um, prior to the pandemic and all that's come with it we're taking the decision to relocate our offices and we'd set up 75 percent of the team 75 percent of the, our office to work remotely Mm. So um, my sales team had been working remotely for a number of years. So I was the only one who didn't want to do it. I was the only one um, who, 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 you know, what do I know? Oh, it won't work. We need this. We need that. So we, we, so when when the virus kicked in and working from home became obligatory, we were already there. Yeah. We were already the only one who wasn't. The, the only one who wasn't prepared was yours truly. So yeah, I know it has worked incredibly well. You also get more out of people. You get more out of people. You just do. They're, not that I need to get more out of the people who work at Carab Tours, but without the commute, because when, you, when you're in central London or nearly central London, everyone has a long commute. No one has a commute of less than an hour. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of my important, well, they're all important, of course, but a couple of my really key people, my trade sales manager, my marketing manager, they were coming in from deepest Essex every day mm. and they, they never complained about it that's commuting but so yeah everyone is working smartly from home video zoom teams has been important for all of us um and yeah so i'll be going into the office less um, we all will be we'll, we'll we're, we're going to have a 40 60 split 40 percent in the office 60 percent working remotely Great. so two days two days in the office three days um 
And, but, you know, equally, we do miss seeing each other. And, you know, and we just do. And, it's and, the trade-off. It, and it is the trade-off. And, and that is all it is, though. And, you know, we, we miss the fun or the, the, not the gossip. But, you know, just the, the anecdotal stuff that doesn't come out in meetings. Yeah, yeah. But we couldn't have worked this last nine months any smarter than we have and i firmly believe that so equally you know after christmas we'll see what the the tears situation is in london and we'll start edging people back into the office gently brilliant brilliant i like the sound of that um, i'm all over that paul what's your <laughs> what's your perfect holiday okay or your sort of favorite place you've ever been to well Oh, you know, you get asked that a lot, don't you, in travel? Because uh, you know, when, when, when you when you run a company, yeah. you just think, what's the po- what's the politic thing to say? Who's yeah. what's the what's the destination that's given me the most marketing money this year? But um, <laughs> the reality is that you know, I love travel. Like all of us, I love I love travel. I, I'm never happier than when at an airport going anywhere. I love mm-hmm. travel. Caribbean is incredibly close to my heart because it's what Caribbean is all about, and it's also what is the Caribbean has given me everything I've got really. Oh um, yeah. I love Barbados. I love Barbados. We're very lucky, but we go to Barbados relatively frequently and, and, and the children love it. We love it. And it has got everything we need, but I think maybe my perfect holiday looking back Nevis. I've been, I don't know if you've ever been to the Caribbean Island of Nevis and we went there a couple of years ago. We had a villa. We were there for, a week in Antigua, which was wonderful, and then we had a week or ten days in Nevis on a villa, and it's just perfect. And yeah, you know, just hanging out with the kids in the sunshine, drinking rum punches, is 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 about as good <laughs> as it gets. There is something about a Caribbean holiday, um, but generally speaking, you know, all of those islands—they're just absolutely fantastic, and the people are great, and the music is incredible, and it's just a—it's just a great holiday, isn't it? It is, and, and you know, as well with the Caribbean, there's um, yeah. I won't list examples, but, you know, there's wonderful hotels in Singapore and Bali and the Far East and Indian Ocean. And it's not about that for me. It, there's some excellent luxury hotels and beautiful um, boutique hotels all over the Caribbean. But there is just a vibe. There's an informality. There's a friendliness. There's a genuine warmth. And I think everywhere you go, whether it's whether it's to work or, or on holiday, it's the people that will make the difference. It, and it really is. And that's maybe it's a cliche, but I think the people, the warmth of the people makes a big difference in the Caribbean. And, and one of the things I love about the Caribbean is just, you know, even in some of the most fancy, swanky hotels in the Caribbean, you just get greeted by your first name and there's a charming joke in there. I don't know. Yeah. They, don't stand yeah. on, they, don't stand, they don't stand on ceremony too much. And the, the welcome is genuine and warm. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, oh, I love it. I wish I could go there. <laughs> Except soon. <laughs> they're, they're soon. Yeah, we'll get back to St. Lucia. My mind is there, but my body isn't. So, <laughs> obviously, now we've both been in travel a, lo- a long time, and in that time, I, I I know that most people have had some incredible, incredible moments, some life changing moments, uh, and and some funny moments. And I just wondered, you know, what we are sort of top top experiences or top moments in travel that I you know make you chuckle every time you have a little think about it or you know, oh, that was so cool. I, you know, I love that part of that particular trip. Yeah. Do you know? Oh, that's such a good <laughs> question, Steve. No, it, it is because I, I don't want to sound like, you know, this kind of somebody who just chases glittery things, but I do think travel is glamorous. I think travel, I think we have an opportunity in travel, whether 
It's the 19-year-old me joining Pound Stretcher Holidays uh, in 1987 or whether it's the lot older me now in, in 2020. But you have the opportunity to just do glamorous things, meet glamorous people, go to events, travel. Um, do you know the most the life-changing moment for me in travel, and this isn't by any means the swankiest thing that's ever happened, I was 19 years old, so I was, I was at Pound Stretcher. And I don't know if this answers your question. I was there. And I don't know, I'd been there for, let's say, I don't know, I know how long I'd been there, because it was May. So I'd been there for maybe eight months. So I was a kid. I knew nothing. I was straight out of school. Um, I was just wearing the same suit that my dad bought me to go to work every day. And my supervisor called me into the office. Her name is Lucy. And she said, look, a place has come up. We, someone's dropped out. There's a place to go on a fam trip, an education to California. Would you like to go? Mm. I mean, you've got no idea. I'd never, I mean, I'd, I'd travelled. We were very lucky. My dad and mum, we travelled all over Europe in, in, for our holidays every year. But I'd never been on an aeroplane to go long haul. Um, even airplanes were glamorous for me. Yeah. And, I, and I didn't even have a full passport, Steve. It's unbelievable. Do you remember those passports that, that you used to have a different passport for going into Europe? Oh, it was called a provisional or something. Anyway, so I had to get a passport. So they sent me to LA okay. for... So I got to the airport that I was in, I was in, I was on British Airways, so I was in Club World. I just couldn't believe it. I got to LA, I was picked up by a chauffeur, I was taken to a hotel, which is the higher on. I can tell you, I won't, I could tell you every day, hour by hour, every bit of that itinerary, even now, 30 yeah. years later, even what I ate every day, it was beyond glamorous. I was in Bel Air, I was in Beverly Hills, went to Santa Barbara, we ended up in Las Vegas. And so that was the life defining moment for me in That's travel awesome. yeah yeah and, and and when you're 19 you don't know that you'll be doing that when you're 52 you, i thought i knew that was going to be the end of it so i savored every last bit of it do you know oh, that i totally I, I i just didn't even want to sleep i didn't even want to sleep i was i was getting i mean i was getting up at half four every morning i, I now know that that was jet lag but at the moment at the time i thought it was over excitement but i was just buzzing the whole time uh, not knowing that, that that i would get many many opportunities like that no i I, t- I totally know what you mean um you know i think the first fam trip i went on was to orlando obviously i worked for a company that sold florida like there was no yeah. was going out of fashion and um i was just it was it was mind-blowing I mean, it really was. I, I, I traveled a little bit of long haul uh, with my family. We had friends in, in the US and stuff, you know, prior to that. So I wasn't, um, it, wasn't un- it wasn't an unusual thing to go on a long, longish flight, but just get to Orlando and um, experience that whole vibe yeah. in, in, that, in that place was just, it was mind blowing. It was brilliant. And I was like 19, like you were. So, so it's ex- it is exactly that. And, 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 you know, I look around now at 19 year olds and and i've got nephews who i adore and i've got people who work in the business and they all seem so much more together and self-assured at 19 than i was i mean i was just chaotic i can't i couldn't believe that they were sending me to uh to california and that was my first taste of america and i just thought i definitely want more of this yeah yeah and since since then yeah i've traveled obviously we all travel a great deal and, I, and, and for me, it's always the people. I meet interesting people and, you know, mm. meeting, fame, meeting famous people. I'm a little bit of a, I love all that. I love music. And, and, and w- w- when you kind of bump into people, and I won't name his name, but I was on a beach in the Maldives and it's 2008 and my kids only had two at the time. So Joss was three and, and his little brother was only one. 
and I was just paddling in the, in the water. And we're in this beautiful hotel, um, Kanahura. And this guy started talking to me. He was another tourist. And he said, oh, I knew exactly who he was. He, <laughs> he, 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 he ran a very big record label who, who had Oasis on, the, on their books. Okay. And, I, I, and he's a shy guy. And, and we got talking. The reason I'm saying he's shy is he didn't like mixing with people. And he was a really big deal to me. And he, he invited me over to his um, table later that day to, um, to listen to music he was going through. And I was just in my element, Steve. You know? <laughs> I was, uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, don't know what, I don't know what he got out of the encounter, but I was absolutely buzzing. It was me- meeting one of your heroes. I think that's it, isn't it? And, and this, is, this is why the travel industry is a really difficult industry to leave. Yes. It's all of these little components of, of trips and experiences and, opportunities that as an industry like you said it's really glamorous and and we all don't take it for granted in any way shape or form and and I count myself as so lucky over the years to have been able to travel to a lot of places around the world and see some amazing things you know oh my god unbelievable and I feel so lucky I'm so grateful but it is it's just that it's you know it's an industry that is very difficult to 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 leave and you know i can see i i, I can see myself be, i'll be in travel all my life um there's no doubt about it as you will uh, and i think so and and I, I think it's really really true and i think not taking it for granted is important and and i don't and i still don't i i, mm. I still honestly if I, I mean it doesn't happen so often but you know when, when you get a flight upgrade i'm buzzing when you get a flight <laughs> upgrade it's so exciting when you haven't paid for it um, <laughs> I, I, it, it is glamorous. It is exciting, and and also, you know, what I've always liked about, and I've loved it, is I've got one of those jobs that other people would love to have, mm. and ev- everyone wants to know about my job. Not, do I mean it's not God? It certainly isn't about money or status or anything like that. It's just, oh, that sounds really interesting. That yeah. sounds really great fun, and and you know, it's just one of those things people. People love to be around travel because people love to travel. People love to talk about their experiences. Yeah. People love to, to kind of plan their trips and talk about them. So. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I said in, a, in a, my trailer for when I first started the podcast, I said that the travel industry is an industry full of optimists. And I, I, I yeah. think, I think, Paul, you you epitomise that actually with your, as I said in the intro, your, your infectious enthusiasm and, and, and joie de vivre. <laughs> and, um, but I just wondered, you know, being optimistic, what, what, what does that mean to you? And, and also, as a second question leading into that is, you know, do you think now that you found really your purpose and what you're, what you're all about, really? Yeah, um, I, don't, I, I suppose I, I, am, I am optimistic. I clearly am optimistic. Otherwise, I'm on the wrong podcast. But it's, <laughs> you know, it's back to what we were, talk, we were talking earlier on about, you know, back to the pandemic, the crisis. It's, for me, and, and I think I'm lucky that I can do this because some people aren't able to do it. And, mm. and I, I'm, I focus on what the positives and what you can do about things because I can refuse to be consumed or, or to look on the... I, I think the more positive energy I bring to something, the better things go. And you just learn that. I don't know, about, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I, I discovered this years ago. You know, we all have bad days and I, I, I have bad days, Steve. And... When I have a bad day and I'm low energy or a bit moody or a bit, you know, whatever, whatever it's about, whatever, when I have those days, 
I almost repel people. People don't want to be around me. And I, I remember noticing this genuinely as a kid, maybe not as a kid, but as a young adult, that when, when I'm in that mood, when I'm, when I'm whatever, consumed or worried or whatever it would be, yeah. people don't want to be around me. But the more upbeat I am, the more noisy I am, the more it attracts people. And, um, and in, 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 you know, it brings people to you. Yeah. And I think once you, once you realise that, you can just maybe use that a little bit. And we all have those days where we are not feeling it. Believe me, this last nine months, there have been days, God almighty, I, I'll have to dig really deep. <laughs> but you find it, you find it and you bring it. And so that's being an optimist. It's uh, sometimes, you know, it, it's, it, yeah, sometimes I have to work hard at being an optimist, Steve. That's what I'm saying to you. But that positivity brings a lot better results than negative energy. And it just does. And, and maybe I'm lucky that I can still do that. But, you know. Well, no, I, I think that's right. And also, don't forget, it's, it's about, it's not so much looking so far in the distance that you're kind of thinking, oh, God, it's just, I don't know where I, you know, I can't see the wood for the trees. But actually, if you did the opposite, and I, I'm, I'm sure that you've, you've probably done this and had a little time to reflect on, on how far you've come and what you've done, that suddenly yeah. then puts your life in a, in a completely different light, doesn't it? So you're looking yeah. at things from a, a place of gratitude, which ultimately I think is probably the best place to be in. But that is a really good way to put it because you, you said there, Steve, about travelling and not taking things for granted. Just don't take anything for granted. Don't take anything for granted at all and, mm. and just be glad of what you've got. I mean, especially, you know, please God, I've got a family. I, 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 I've, I've had a pretty charmed life. I've got a healthy family that still love me. I've got a, <laughs> a job which is important to me. Um, and, and a company that's important to me. And I, I am very aware. I'm very, very aware. But equally, I know that some of any, any of it could be taken away at any moment as well. And, and yeah. we all know that as well. I was speaking to someone earlier on, completely off the subject, someone who, who phoned me. He lost his father today, just like that. Something not COVID-related, just life can change for all of us in a heartbeat, whether it's illness, bad fortune, employment, mm-hmm pandemics and i think yeah if you can be grateful for what you have and try and remain positive to try and keep hold of what you've got as well yeah great insight and i I love that i really do i think that's a great place to great place to end the uh the podcast paul um i'm so grateful actually uh for you to come on the show it's just brilliant and and i've I've been a a huge admirer of you over over the years you're probably the the funniest and best host i've ever seen at awards (laughs) dinners um, oh, you! Uh, okay. <laughs> I, th- I think that um, you know what you're doing and what you have done is is incredible, and you've you've really nurtured a fantastic team um, around you at, at, uh, at Carib Tours, and that's that's really testament to you and your skills and and the way that you like to do things. So you know, it's um, chapeau to you, and um, you know, thanks for spending some time on on the on the podcast. Well, listen, thank you for having me. And, and I just want to say, Steve, as well, I think this format is excellent. I mean, you know, you, you've had some far more interesting people on here than me, but it's, it's a great format. And do you know what? It's a blessed relief just to talk naturally and openly rather than worrying about figures or how stuff, you know, this is how it is. It, it, it's, it's, a pleasant, it's a pleasant change. Oh, it's great. You know, thank you so much, Paul. It's been, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, send my best wishes to, to your family as well. So thank you so much. Lovely. And best wishes to your family too. Thank you, Steve. Cheers, Paul.